Ever feel like evil is winning? Today, we will explore where God is when it looks like the enemy has the upper hand. Stick around. I'm in Tracy Moorings, and you're listening to Unfolding Words, the weekly podcast dedicated to sharing biblical truth that offers light for your walk and life for your soul. What do you do when it looks like evil is winning and God is nowhere to be found? You pray and pray, and it seems like you just can't gain the upper hand. Maybe you have someone in your life struggling with addiction, and no matter how much you intercede, the addiction won't loosen its grasp. Perhaps you have a coworker who steals the credit for the work you've done time and time again. Or could it be that the person who cuts corners always gets the glory and promotion while you main, maintain integrity and move nowhere? Because of Adam and Eve's sin in the garden, the order of dominion got flipped upside down and Satan received authority to become the prince of the power of the air, thus giving the appearance that evil has the upper hand. But the word tells us that in this world we will have trouble, but we will also have peace because he has overcome the evil of this world. This is found in John 16 verse 33. There's a story tucked away in the book of Second Chronicles that sums up this thought. You'll also find the story in Second Kings 11. I'm going to read Second Chronicles 22 verses 10 through 12. Now when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal family of the house of Judah. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons who were about to be put to death. And she put him and his nurse in a bedroom. Thus, Jehoshabeth, the daughter of King Jeroham, and wife of Jehoiada, the priest, because she was a sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah, so that she did not put him to death. And he remained with them six years, hidden in the house of God, while Athaliah reigned over the land. Athaliah's marriage to King Jehoram of Judah was a political alliance that eased the tensions between the two kingdoms of Judah and Israel, but it also brought the negative influence of her family line along with it. For six years, evil literally reigned in the form of the queen mother, Athaliah. She was believed to be the daughter of King Ahab and Jezebel, so that gives you a pretty clear idea of the kind of woman that she was. This woman killed all of her remaining male lineage so she could take the throne. This was particularly troubling for many reasons. First of all, from the text, she appears to kill without guilt or remorse. Secondly, her act cuts off the seed of the Messiah, all of the royal family in the house of Judah, or so it seems. Verse 11 tells us, but Joash was hidden in the house of the Lord for six years, I love that word, but because it always shows that the plot is about to thicken in some way. This promise of a seed that will crush the enemy's head goes back to the book of Genesis. When King Ahaziah died after reigning for one year from 842 through 841 BC in the southern kingdom, Athaliah, his mother, sought to destroy the Davidic line, the royal seed, and secure her place as ruler over Judah. Jesus would eventually be the seed, but before him was a line of royalty from the tribes of Judah. And as you track through the Bible, you'll see that this seed that leads to Jesus is always in jeopardy of being cut off. 
Jehosheba, who was the daughter of Athaliah's deceased husband, King Yohoram, hides the young Joash and his nurse to prevent him from being murdered. She and her husband, the priest, Jehoiada, protect Joash in the temple for six years until Athaliah is finally dethroned. For a few years, from about 841 through 835 BC, Athaliah reigned in Judah. She promoted Baal worship and led the people further and further from God. But right under her nose, a conspiracy was brewing. And if you don't know, the Old Testament has some of the most intriguing narratives in the Bible. Unknown to her, one of her grandsons still lived. Her own stepdaughter, Jehoshabeth, had hidden the infant. And many people think that Jehoshabeth was not the actual daughter of Athaliah because she was married to a priest and a woman who served Baal would not let her daughter marry a priest of the true and living God. So Jehoshabeth hid the infant, Joash, before the queen could murder him along with Ahaziah's other sons. So married to the high priest, Jehoshabeth risked her life by tucking the royal heir away in the temple for six years. Then, when the boy turned seven, her husband arranged a coup, crowning young Joash king. As soon as Athaliah caught wind of the plot, she rushed to the temple, tore her robes, and screamed, Treason! Treason! But like her mother, Jezebel, before her, no one paid the slightest attention to her. Instead, Queen Athaliah promptly seized, was promptly seized and executed just outside the temple. And as soon as the queen was dispatched, the people of Judah celebrated by destroying the temple of Baal along with its chief priest. While the comparisons between Athaliah and her mother Jezebel are all too obvious, their story reminds us of another that took place 700 years before. Pharaoh, who was over Egypt, was determined to destroy God's people and he ordered every male baby to be drowned in the Nile River. Like Pharaoh, hoodwinked by one of his own children, his daughter saved Moses and raised him as her own, Athaliah was fooled by her stepdaughter, Jehoshabeth. A woman's courage and compassion helped to turn evil away and keep the promise of God alive. John Piper was quoted as saying, A woman who fears the Lord will not run away from God to satisfy her longings and relieve her anxieties. She will wait for the Lord. She will hope in God. She will stay close to the heart of God and trust in his promises. The prospect of departing into the way of sin will be too fearful to pursue and the benefits of abiding in the shadow of the Almighty too glorious to forsake. And this can be said of Jehoshabeth. When we think that evil is winning, we have to trust that God will step in with a plan. And remember, God always wins. When evil seems to be triumphing, we have to remember three things. First, God will bring redemption out of the enemy's evil plans. I love how God not only saves Joash, but uses Jehoshabeth to redeem the role of women. We also see that Jeho- Jehoshabeth and Jehoiada, Jehoiada boy, these names are doozy, (laughs) together are agents of redemption for marriage. This whole situation started with the marriage of Athaliah and King Yehoram, a union of the people of God with the people of Baal. The Old Testament law forbade this union between the religions. Their union was not in line with God's plan, and the results were the continuance of an evil line 
and the spreading of Israel's wrong to Judah. Athaliah continued in the way handed down to her, and she and her husband passed it on to her son, who later became became the king of Judah. Redemption is one of the most beautiful themes in the Bible. God creates something good, but it's subverted for evil. Then he comes in again and redeems it, giving it back the purpose and goodness it was always meant to have. The throne in Judah was meant for the royal seed. Athaliah tries to taint it, but her plan backfires and she's destroyed. Second thing we need to, to know about God. He will always bring his promises and plans to pass. With God, life always arises out of death. With little Joash hidden, God's plan was quietly unfolding with the passage of each year. The ascension of Joash to the throne is evidence of God's continued faithfulness to his promise made to David in 1 Samuel 7. This promise that David's line will rule on Israel's throne forever is a prophecy of Christ. David's son and Lord, Christ Jesus, comes as an eternal king over a spiritual kingdom. And Joash is a reminder of that promise and part of the fulfillment of it. So Joash was the king on two levels. One, because he was the rightful heir by blood, but also because he grew up in the house of the Lord. He is Yahweh's spiritual son. So I want you to see the big picture being painted here. Just like Jesus, he grew up in the house of the Lord, and he was also a rightful heir to the throne through blood. Remember when Mary and, Je- Jesus, um, Mary and Joseph lost Jesus? He was hidden in the temple in the house of the Lord. And when they came to find him, he was like, I was about my father's business. Didn't you know? This is the same idea or picture being painted of the um, young Joash. Thirdly, what we need to know about God when evil seems to be winning is that God will bring justice according to his sovereignty and his timing. The death of Athaliah shows that God sometimes hands out justice in temporal matters. We see this happen in both the Old and New Testaments. However, God does this according to his own wisdom and for our good. There are also examples of when the enemies of God and his people flourish. Even in these things, God is working to decrease our reliance on ourselves and our outward circumstances in order that we might look to him alone for every good. So to the son of David, will God, according to his promise, secure a spiritual seed, which sometimes may be reduced to a small number and brought very low and may even look like it's lost. Yet in the end, it's preserved to the end of time. It was by the hand of God that King Jehoram, though a wicked king, married his daughter to Jehoiada, a priest, a holy priest. This act saved the royal family from from ruin and for Jehoiada's interest in the temple gave her an opportunity to preserve the young child and her interest and love for the royal family gave God an opportunity to set the young child on the throne. Second Chronicles 23 and 1 says, but in the seventh year, Jehoiada took courage and entered into a covenant with the commanders of hundreds. Verse 3 continues, And all the assembly made a covenant with the king and the house of God. And Jehoiada said to them, Behold the king's son, let him reign. And the Lord spoke concerning the sons of David. 
All this happened in the seventh year. Take note of that. The seventh year is a Sabbath year in Israel when debts are canceled and slaves are released. It's a time of freedom and new beginnings. This is outlined in Leviticus 25 and verse 4, which describes the start of Jubilee, a year when the land is given its rest. So in the seventh year, Athaliah's reign came to an end and God's great promise came to fruition in the form of this young child, Joash, who who had been hidden in the house of the Lord. And the land of Judah had been given rest from the evil reign of Athaliah. I love how God brings his plan of redemption full circle when it looks like evil is reigning. And it's easy to want to shake your fist at God and walk away if you think he's not going to put restraints on the evil running rampant in your life. We tend to think that God's idea of justice is distorted when he doesn't act when and how we expect him to. But if there's one thing you have to know about God, he always has a plan and he'll always bring life out of death, but he'll always do it on his own timetable. We have a consolation and a word of comfort in the word that evil won't always triumph, even though it looks like it. Psalms 37 verses 8 through 9 in the ESV read, Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. For the evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord shall inherit the land. I hope that you see God's timing and love for justice in a new light now. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Unfolding Words. If you haven't left a review on iTunes, I'd appreciate if you'd head over and do so. There's a link in the show notes to make it easier. Your rating and review helps to boost the show and makes it easier to be found and enjoyed by others. And I want to give a big shout out to the listeners in Sweden and the UK. Thank you for tuning in from overseas. Until next time, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.